0: Night after night we slept in our garden shelter. We endured regular bombs and incendiaries and akak guns outside our house. And then, just when we thought it was all over, we were introduced to doodlebugs and V2 rockets. The pealing of church bells on the 7th of May 1945 heralded victory in Europe. Japan surrendered three months later. In England we had little to show for it. Serious shortages of food, coal and housing continued for years and with peace came the unwelcome realisation that our lives would never be the same again. For my part, I'd grown strong and independent. I developed a deep appreciation for the English countryside and a passion for writing that stemmed from the long descriptive letters I sent home. Once I was home, I experienced an inherent restlessness that couldn't be stilled and itchy feet that have taken me far. This is the story of one child's war, my war as I remember it. Note. Some names have been changed. Part One Evacuation Chapter One No Peace in Our Time Just as all of us know where we were on 9-11 and when John F. Kennedy was assassinated, so everyone who was in Britain on the 3rd of September 1939 can remember exactly what they were doing on that fateful day when the Second World War was declared. We were a family of nine, seven girls and our parents, Ede and Jack Hobbs, living on England's southeast coast. Located on the Thames estuary, bordered with thick black Essex mud. Leon Sea was a tiny fishing village when my mother moved there with her two young daughters during the First World War. Soon the village was to expand up the hill and inland, where post-war council housing estates grew on former orchards and dairy farms to provide rental homes for working-class tenants. Streets on our particular estate were fancifully named after English counties, to give the impression of meadows and open spaces and wild flowers growing in abundance. We had Sussex and Surrey, Norfolk and Suffolk, whose houses in truth resembled dreary army barracks in orderly straight lines. On Kent Avenue at number 19, this Sunday morning saw seven of us and our cat Clarabelle huddled around the wireless in our tiny front room. Nine years old at the time, I was the youngest. My eldest sister, Edie, in her early twenties, was married and living at Stamford-le-Hope, Essex. Another sister, Kath, was with her husband in their London home. Although I didn't appreciate the full impact of this broadcast, scheduled for eleven o'clock, I understood its seriousness. As we did when the King spoke on Christmas Day, now we sat in respectful silence. Dad had come in from the garden, leaving his wellies on the back porch, "'shirt-sleeves rolled to his elbows because it was a hot day, "'his tweed trousers held up by both belt and braces, "'and his worn, chequered cap clenched between soiled hands. "'Mum, short and comfortably plump, "'her face flushed from the heat of the kitchen "'where she'd already started on our roast-beef lunch, "'sat with hands crossed above her lap. "'There, Clarabelle, her jet-black cat with cabbage-green eyes, "'tried to relax.' but sensing the tension kept turning in circles, a precarious feat in so limited a space. Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain began his momentous speech, his voice tinny as it percolated through our cheap wireless. This morning, he said, the British ambassador in Berlin handed the German government a final note, stating that unless we heard from them by eleven o'clock that they were prepared at once to withdraw their troops from Poland... "'a state of war would exist between us. "'As one, we turned our eyes to the walnut clock "'ticking loudly on the mantelpiece, "'although we knew full well that eleven o'clock had come and gone. "'I have to tell you now,' Chamberlain continued, "'that no such undertaking has been received, "'and that consequently this country is at war with Germany.' "'It was expected, had been for months,' But this didn't lessen the shock of hearing our nation's Prime Minister put it into words. In silence, my father slowly retrieved a hand rolled cigarette from behind his ear, took a match from its yellow Swan Vestas box, and on the